0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. So do enjoy those. They're on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. As we uh, launch into hour number one of the uh, Valentine's Day edition of Free Talk Live. Yes, that's right. Now, that doesn't really mean anything to me. doesn't mean anything.
1: I bought you some candy. What do you want?
0: Oh, you're so sweet. (laughs) Um, No, it doesn't really mean anything different for the show because I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Of course you don't. It's it a, costs
1: money and you wouldn't do that.
0: It's a not just because it costs money, Mark. That's not <laughs> what it's all about. I celebrated uh I celebrated uh, Halloween this past year. We went out and bought some candy for Only the kids. Only
1: because you, you you knew that people come knocking on your door and you have a radio show you're doing and so you're trying to have avoid that.
0: That's not true. There are certain uh, certain things that I find acceptable and certain things that I find very silly. And Valentine's Day is one of those very silly things. As you probably well know, uh as I understand it Valentine's Day was created by was it Hallmark? Hallmark? So uh it was a essentially a corporate holiday created by a company in order to sell some schmaltzy well, Chris- Valentine's Christmas Day. Well Christmas was cards. created by Coke more or like. I don't celebrate Christmas either. So uh anyway, I just uh, to to all of those of you out there who feel obligated to go and buy things for your significant other on this particular day, I feel sorry for you and if you want to share with us your story about how it is your significant other just uh will get very upset if they don't get anything on valentine's day i would like to hear about your uh relationship at 800-259-9231 i know that your wife apparently was in today uh talking to my girlfriend about um what? valentine's day uh, did she not go with you to uh, to get the no the no food
1: today? no no my wife my wife is in florida
0: oh Huh. Well, anyway, um, my girlfriend was telling me that I guess she was talking with your wife at some point uh, about how she thinks it's terrible that I'm not getting my girlfriend something for Valentine's Day. I bet she does. And um, thankfully, my girlfriend doesn't feel that way. She's not getting anything for me. I'm not getting anything for her. Mm. And that makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside.
1: It <laughs> loves true test.
0: Yes. So that's my plan for today to do absolutely nothing differently. What about you? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I guess Mark, you found something. What did you do today for Valentine's Day since your wife isn't here? Has she left you? Did uh, she uh, break up with you, or what's going on?
1: No, she was. Uh, she's a friend of hers is having a baby down in Florida, I she, see. so she stayed a little longer. Than...
0: Oh, so baby's more important than spending time with you on Valentine's Day, huh?
1: I don't really think that it's that important.
0: What Valentine's Day? Yeah, really. I don't. Did you get her anything?
1: I'm gonna get her a card. A card. Maybe some. Is
0: it going to be something. a five dollar card or a ninety nine cent card?
1: Um, whatever the, the <laughs> I find, I don't pay that much attention.
0: So you don't think she'll get upset, like if you didn't spend a lot of money on the card? No,
1: no, she's she wouldn't.
0: That's good. You got a good you got a good lady there. Yeah, she's, she'll be fine about because it. She, um, just,
1: she would expect she expects acknowledgement of um, Valentine's Day, whether it would be a, a meal or you know, I called her today and I said and Happy Valentine's Day. Hmm. And, um, you know, those kind of things. But she wouldn't expect anything
0: expensive. The thing that bugs it's me... her
1: money, too, you know.
0: Right. One of the things that bugged me about uh, Valentine's Day is the obligation that people feel. People feel like they... Not only do they feel like they're obligated to buy things for their significant other, but also they feel as though, and s- s- certain elements of society have uh, have created this feeling in people, they feel as though if they don't buy, if they don't spend enough then they don't love enough. Like, there's some sort of direct correlation between spending money on someone and how much you love them. And that concept really bothers me. Mm -hmm. It really gets to me. Because it would seem to me, and there's also the other factor of that people apparently on this day believe that Valentine's Day is a day you should show your appreciation for your significant other. Why? Um, shouldn't we be showing our appreciation for one another 365 days of the year instead of one?
1: I think that you can show um, you can do something special on Valentine's Day because it's the right day to do something special. Why
0: is it that every day can't be special?
1: Well, um, because by the definition of special, it wouldn't be. Hmm. Then you would have to do something special on Valentine's Day. I don't know. Because that would just make it ordinary if you did it every, every day.
0: Is it possible care. for I don't ordinary care if you to be up.
1: special? Uh, no, no, it is not. It's not. I mean, I suppose you could feel like you can't it was, be
0: made but, feel special every single day.
1: Um, but it would still be the ordinary thing that's happening.
0: I don't know. What do you think? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. How do you celebrate or not celebrate Valentine's Day? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We'll get into a story uh, about, I guess, women mm-hmm. and relationships. I guess being together and women in america women not and, and women so and their interested in their thoughts on anymore.
1: relationships
0: we'll get to that here in moments but first to the phones uh, across uh, several ponds to australia and jeremy you're on free talk live with ian and mark hello
2: yeah sorry to disappoint you again without an accent i'm an american in australia
1: Drats. it's fine <laughs>
2: but um since you're prying into mark's personal life i'm wondering if i could do the same thing
1: please do yeah by all means <laughs> um
2: i just Curiosity has been killing me since yesterday. What is your felony connect, felony conviction form?
0: I was uh, wait. Con- how did you find out he had a, a felony conviction?
2: You talked about it at the beginning of the show yesterday.
1: Uh, I see. Yes, yes. I was convicted a very long time ago in 1989 for um, being at, at the wrong place at the wrong time um, when somebody got killed. So I, it was it was around a murder.
2: Oh my god!
1: Yeah, it's yeah. awful.
2: Yeah, well, it's been I've been uh, just searching the wiki, and nobody's put it on there. So
1: I'm I surprised about out. that. I can't. I'm, I'm, well, you can put it on there yourself.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll do that. There's an entire <laughs> no, thread. I, there's I an know, entire thread on the that, uh, Free Talk Live bulletin board system with all sorts of uh, detail and uh, things uh, that that you might find interesting. So anyway,
2: I'll um, chime in on Valentine's Day. Yes. Um, just, uh, I guess I. Uh, tend to agree with mark on that one just it's just a chance to remember to do something special for someone you you should do it at 365 days a year Mm -hmm. but it's nice to have a reminder
0: i see um do you have a uh, somebody who's going to get upset if you don't remember because i i think a lot of people have relationships like that i feel sorry
2: yeah no my wife doesn't doesn't mind either we know that uh just greeting card companies making it up to make that's lots good. of money. It's but just
0: another day. And the candy companies, they make a lot of money, too. Flowers. Yeah, it, flower was, it
2: was yesterday here in Australia, so it was nice. But, uh, so what, did you, not, do to, so what did you do
0: to celebrate anything?
2: I just cooked a nice dinner. But, there you, you know, go. I cooked dinner half the time, so no
0: So, again, not too much has changed, and that's the way I think it should be on Valentine's Day. But is it a special dinner?
2: Special dinner? Uh, well, yeah, I, I use the cookbook. There you
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy I'm thank sure you for she call. appreciates it. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Yes, Mark spent 9 years in prison. Uh really, somebody should add it to the wiki that way we don't keep getting the question. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. Ladies and Relationships in America. Mark, what do you have to talk about in regards to that?
1: Well, um From uh, Laura Sessions Step, uh, Washington Post. Today on Valentine's Day, high school hallways and college courtyards will be scattered with flowers. Young women at work will peek at the personal ads online and dish out who got what. They may confess to having a crush on their chemistry teacher, confide to a friend that the guy in the cubicle next to them is really hot. What they probably won't say is, I love him, or anything close to it. Mm. Because while they may enjoy the trappings of love, many young women believe that being in love, at least right now, is impractical, foolish, a sign of weakness, and or even unattainable.
0: Being in love is impractical and foolish.
1: Impractical, foolish, sign of weakness,
0: unattainable. Sign of weakness. Interesting. Very interesting. I don't know if I agree, but uh, okay.
1: Evie, a communications specialist in the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, is uh, talking about this all-over o- all lattes on a Sunday afternoon with uh, several friends in their early 20s. Love is a constant effort, she sighs, settling herself into a couch at Trist, a coffee house and Adams Morgan. I don't know where Adams Morgan is. Okay. Um, it's so annoying, says uh, Carolyn. A waste of time, says Alex. Heather Schell, a uh, assistant professor of writing, picked up some similar attitudes when she talked. Man, t- these are some jaded women. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking.
0: What happened to these
1: girls? Uh, nothing, nothing good. <laughs> but it seems, uh, you know, according to these statistics from Pew, Pew Research, they're not alone. Um, Heather Shell is an assistant press, professor of writing, picked up similar attitudes when she taught a course called Love, American Style at George Washington University.
0: All right. I want to find out what jaded these women so much. On the way here, 800-259-9231. There's nothing wrong with love. No. It's just the Valentine's Day thing that I find silly. 800-259-9231. We'll talk about uh, love and emotions and all sorts of neat things like that. And your calls as well about anything. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever you want, toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove that they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's Shrine. Dot dot com And what's your liberty issue? Is it privacy? Register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. You've got uh, about a week's time. Just over a week to get registered. for this. Man, we're going in a week? Yeah. That would be great. Uh, speakers to include anti-Real ID activist Jim Harper from the Cato Institute. Also in attendance, will be New Hampshire residents and legislators active in the fight against the national Real ID. freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information and to get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Mark, we're talking about love. It's an appropriate day to talk about such things because today's the artificial day that was created to celebrate it. Um, Which, of course, I believe that if you are in love and you love somebody, you should express that to that other individual on a daily basis and not wait for Valentine's Day in order to show them how much you care.
1: And I believe it's a fine holiday to uh, do something special for the one you love.
0: I see where you're coming from. I, uh, I, on the other hand, believe that uh, loving another person is special 365 days a year. But you, on the other
1: hand, are so cheap you squeak.
0: But apparently, this has nothing to do with money, Mark. Uh, app- apparently, some women in America, and this is, I don't know, this is just a story about women. It just happens to be about women. I don't know why they didn't ask men. Uh, but
1: well, I don't think men, if you ask men about Valentine's Day, is it important to you? I think you're getting a much lower percentage um, than you would women. Is
0: that what the story was about? I thought the story was about women and their opinions about love in general, not That's to a, whether or not Valentine's Day is important.
1: No, it just says today on Valentine's Day, and then it goes into love.
0: Right, so this is about American women, some of them at least, and their opinions on love Let's continue Mark
1: Heather Shell, The assistant professor of writing Picked up similar attitudes When she caught a, um, taught a course Called Love American Style At George Washington University Her female students
0: And the were, attitude by the way Just a recap is Screw it
1: Yeah Essentially yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's annoying It's a waste of time It's a constant effort Okay her so female students love to discuss the chick lit book Bridget, J- Bridget Jones' Diary and the sexual follies of Jones and her boss, Daniel Cleaver, but they're not enthralled with Edward Rochester's lengthy courtship and Jane Eyre. Um, I don't know exactly how to say that. I've always wondered. It's a classic literature. Okay. Quick flings or hookups are okay, but love was rarely mentioned in class discussions, Shell says. Hmm. Their favorite um, assigned reading? The poetry anthology called To Hell with Love. Oh, and, my God. And actually, it's The Hell with Love. Um the national survey of 18 to 29 year olds by the Pew Research Center reported that most almost 60% were not in committed relationships and the majority of those were not interested in being in um committed. Huh. Young women even have phrases for couples frequently spoken with a touch of derision they're joined at the hip or even married hmm. for people that aren't actually married. I am so, you know, married wouldn't be inaccurate. Okay. Absent old-fashioned dating, which has virtually disappeared, the alternative for these young women is hooking up, which can happen in any semi-private place. It includes anything from kissing to intercourse. The beauty of hooking up is that it carries no commitment, and this is huge for being emotionally independent, dependent on a lover um, that scares these young women, and that's what scares these young women the most. To tell a man... Being dependent. Correct. To tell a man I need you is like, Saying I'm incomplete without you, a young man might say that that and sound affectionate, but to an ambitious young woman who has been taught to de- define power in her, on her terms and defend it against all comers, she needs um, that need signals weakness. Hmm. An instant message conversation between two female instant message conversation between two uh, female college students pointed out and shared with a reporter was telling. Student one and they laid in a bed and talked for, like, hours and hours and, like, had sex during the whole thing, and it was really a moment um, we, uh, I guess, laid Mm -hmm. in bed. And, like, he had held me so tight for the rest of the night, and I woke up really close to him, and I felt something. That's incredible intimacy, student two. Is That's incredible intimacy. Do you love him? Student one, I'm scared of loving him. Student two, because of what being in love will do to you? Student one, because of what... Um, does that say about me? I'm just a weepy girl who relies on someone. Oh I want to be independent, and I think that it's important for women of our generation. But saying I love someone and need him is like contradictory, hypocritical. But I also don't want to give in to love because I'm scared he won't call me.
0: Are they only? I mean, it just seems to me like these uh, these are women who have been to way too many uh, women's lib classes in college. You, know, you don't have to. When you love somebody, it doesn't make you dependent upon them.
1: Maybe it does.
0: I know. Their, I know to her mind, it, I don't know. It, well, in their minds, they've been brainwashed into thinking that you this are dependent em, this on, on a, someone.
1: Um, in some respects, when you love them, you you know you're dependent on not feeling bad when they leave.
0: I see where you're coming from on that, but that doesn't. That's not really the definition of dependency. It's okay to. You can love somebody and not be dependent on them. In fact, I wouldn't recommend dependency. It's not a good position to be in. But I don't think they're necessarily exclusive. I, like, is there more? Oh yeah.
1: Um, and, and she continues, and I'll be heartbroken, process, and then this. feel like a stupid girl that should have known better. Um, several young women asked.
0: Oh, I see.
1: So it's it's fear of fear feeling, of rejection. Yeah, fear of feeling bad or something. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Well, then that—that's a fear, it's a legitimate fear that men and women around the world. Have. I agree,
1: but I don't—I don't think you should live your life based on fear, and no so way. you shouldn't um, steer away from love because you are scared of that person leaving you.
0: It's, this, it's like sales. I mean, uh, when you're in the sales business, uh, every new salesperson is definitely afraid of getting a no. I mean, that's inevitable that when you're doing sales, you're going to get no's. Absolutely. Of course, the old sales adage is one. every no is one no closer to a yes. And and the same thing applies uh, to the world of relationships. Right. Every every, don't, every
1: relationship's going to break up or you're going to die. Those are your choices.
0: Yeah. If you don't give it a shot... You're never going to know what you're possibly missing out on. There may be a great guy or a great lady who's within uh, relatively close circumstances to you. Maybe they work with you or uh, they go to activism things with you or whatever it is that you do with your time. They may be there and they may, might just be a, a perfect match for you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't explore those relationships, then you're destined to be a lonely, frigid yeah. bitch for the rest of your life. Well, um, that's th- what it sounds like these women want. I, I'm, th- I'm thinking
1: that there are guys out there that uh, feel the same way, and, and they're I'm destined sure for there are. old and lonely and frigid and all that other good stuff, too.
0: Several uh, young- as I said, this article just happens to be about college-age women. Right. Uh, women in their, was it 18 to 29, was that's it? That's correct. Yeah.
1: Several young women asked not to be named in this report um, when discussing <laughs> their private lives. There are costs, of course, to keeping love at bay. Um, where's the feeling of being adored, for example? I need to know uh, my guy's thinking of me all the time, Ackerfield says. Uh, is this likely to happen after a hookup? Well, no, she admits. And what about skills one learns when dating? In traditional boyfriend-girlfriend relationships, you begin to understand how someone else think, um, thinks about things, says Robert Blum, mm-hmm. who chairs the uh, Department of Population, Family, Reproductive Health at Johns Hopkins University. Yeah, these learn, people
0: are not healthy. These yeah, women.
1: I, I would say that it, it certainly isn't. They're not getting prepared for long-term relationships. Well, and I yeah, think that it's, it's about, harder with with. To some extent, I feel like I'm ingrained in my patterns. So I, by getting married late, which I did at 35, sort of lateish, um, I I have more a more difficult time breaking some of those old patterns.
0: I, I want to find out what that means. But also, uh, what about wealth? What about creating wealth with another person? You're not going to create any wealth. Uh, if you're just hooking up with people from time to time, more's on the way. You're just going to get off. More's on the way. 800 259 is love overrated. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The Pack at 8.net toll-free live for you. That's 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark? And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, completely free. That does include the bulletin board system. We have over 190,000 posts. Over 1,400 people are interacting. It's a lot of fun. There's serious issues being discussed Fun stuff as well. You'll find it all there for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com.
1: Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, and they do it in a whole new way. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL.
0: We're talking about a story that is from, I believe it was the Washington Post is where you're getting this. And it's about women who, and for some reason they just happen to choose women. There can very easily be men that are also this cynical and jaded towards uh, loving another person. But uh, in this case, we're talking about young American women, Mm -hmm. ages uh, 18 to 29. Pew Research did apparently uh, a study that found that, was it 60% of them are not in committed relationships? That's correct. And And the majority of those don't care to be in a committed relationship. That's correct. And from the quotes that we've heard so far from these women that they've interviewed, they're very, very jaded towards the idea of um love loving another person uh, presumably another man but i mean they haven't asked anybody if they've um, you know if they're homosexual tendencies or anything like that but they, they're just turned off to the whole idea of being in a committed relationship with another person they feel like uh that will make them a weaker individual and they feel like uh, can you just select some of those quotes that we've uh, we've been through so far uh, just to just to bring up what some of these people have said, because it's really it's it's really disturbing
1: it's uh they call love annoying uh, a constant effort and a waste of time. Um, they have disparaging remarks
0: for couples such as joined at the hip, so they feel like it's a a signal of weakness to be in love with another person. Mm-hmm. They feel like it will make them uh weaker and i don't agree at all i'd like to hear what you think at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one I think that when you're in a, a committed relationship with another person, man or woman uh, doesn't matter if you're in a committed relationship with somebody else and you love one another, then that helps you build more wealth for yourself if you're two individuals together and you don't have a dependency problem because that's what these girls are af- that seem to be afraid of they seem to link. The emotion of love with dependency, mm-hmm. and I don't think that those two necessarily need to be linked together. I think to some extent, not that I'm a psychologist or anything like that, but as as I understand it, women do tend to be a little bit more emotional than men. I think that's a fair statement to make as far as a very general statement. And maybe they're just worried that they will become dependent, that uh, love will somehow bloom to the extent that they won't be able to handle their lives anymore without having that man in their life or that other significant other. And I just don't see that as being the case. If they're this strong-minded now and they're this resolute about what they want in life, then why couldn't they find a, a workable relationship where they could benefit? And so could the other party. Because that's, to me, what a relationship is all about. It's a uh, give and take. Uh, right. It's a, something that works. Right. It's I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Uh, we're helping one another build something better. I'm a pretty strong-minded individual, Mark. And if I were on my own, I'd be all and right. You know, I'd be able to take care of the things I needed to take care of. Clean the house and uh, do laundry and all of the regular... Oh cho- do- <laughs> what? You
1: just, you just said... Uh, you, know, you just mentioned... Taking care of the house and laundry and all that stuff is, though oh, it was what? a, it, it just has to some extent. You, you sound sexist when you say it.
0: There's nothing sexist about that. Uh, my girl and I have an agreement between mm-hmm. one an- uh, one another to take care of you, certain things right. for each other. So anyway. Um, I can handle all of those things. It's just that it's better with another person around. More can get done. More can be produced. More wealth can be created between the two of you. Right. Well, you can for, still be an probably individual. Most
1: importantly, you, um, you you don't have the overhead costs um, in. Individually, For for instance, it doesn't matter whether it's just you living in this house or whether you've got five people living in this it's house. It's
0: going to cost the same to heat it.
1: The mortgage, um, yeah, to heat it, that's true. Um, the mortgage is going to cost just as much. You're going to have hookup costs for electricity that, um, you know, for each individual house, hookup costs for cable, yep. um, high-speed internet. All those overhead costs are shared
0: when you have two people in a house. And you can, I mean, anybody can have a roommate, so you can certainly share costs with somebody else, but... It's more fulfilling to it have is. somebody uh, in life spending theirs with you, with you. I mean, why you would want to shut yourself off from this opportunity? It is one of the greatest opportunities life has for people. I'm glad to hear you with, say that. With these uh, cold, cold women.
1: In traditional boyfriend-girlfriend relationships, you begin to understand how someone else thinks about things, says Robert Blum, who chairs the Department of Population, Family, Reproductive Health at Johns Hopkins. Please. You learn to compromise and not to say the first thing on your mind. You learn how to say you're sorry and accept other people's apologies. These things are essential to being happily married and raising children, both of which young women say they want someday,
0: both of which I'm not interested in.
1: These um, they are best learned with a romantic relationship in Blum's view because the young person is motivated by romance to learn. Lloyd Colby, a health uh, education professor at Indiana University Bloomington, agrees he still remembers his first love in high school. It almost sounds
0: like that guy wasn't even commenting on the situation, like they just went to get a comment from some expert. He wasn't really commenting on these particular women. He's
1: not days. commenting on these women. He's co- commenting on how important it is to have, um, you, know, that, you know, learning right. l- learning skills in dating. Okay. Let's see how. I want to talk more about these crazy women. I understand. We'll get we'll get there. I don't know. I I don't know if they talk about them that much more. It's more about um, relationships. How we worked on being honest, decent, and caring, and in sort of um, being worthy for. Hooking up is supposedly uncaring. He says Um, if they turn off the emotional spigot when they're young what will happen when they're older adults mm. in some ways young women are riding the to hell with love wave that started building more than a lifetime ago by the 1930s following more than a century of discourse on the concepts of passion courtship romantic marriages scientists have um, were declaring love the stuff of childhood fantasies and sentimental women Psychotherapist Alfred Alder was one arguing in Esquire magazine for rational, cooperative marriages that aimed for companionship rather than emotional connectedness. Later why feminists can't we have both. I don't see why you couldn't have both. I do. Um yeah. later feminists like uh, Marilyn French wrote the that women couldn't love deeply and live independent um independent, meaningful lives. A character in uh, French's popular novel in 1977, The Women's Room, called love a lie to keep women happy in the kitchen. (laughs) Many young women at the time found themselves agreeing with French, at least partly. This didn't stop them from dating and getting married, but they did so with a cautious attitude towards love that is even more evident in their daughters, especially those in college. A college senior from Dallas with deep brown eyes and thick hair to um, uh, to match was describing a man she hooked up with. With a uh, couple of times, despite her best efforts, she said she was falling for him, and that worried her. It will suck if it's Gosh. if it's bad, she said, and it will um, suck even more if it's good. She explained... What? Yeah. Her number one goal um, was, for, um, for as long as she could remember, was to excel in school so that she might someday land a great job, and that would make her financially independent. In high school, oh, she sweetie, made... Sweetie,
0: got news for you. It's uh, very unlikely that a job's going to make you financially independent. But then again, that's what they teach in school, so... But uh, a her business may
1: very well. She maintained an A average, played volleyball, and road crew, edited the digital yearbook, and played on a church basketball team that won the uh, state cha- championship. Whoopee. Her pace in college was uh, similarly brisk, and she didn't see how, even in her senior years, she could afford to invest time, energy, and emotion in a loving relationship.
0: That's fine. No, no, that is fine. I, I, I don't, I don't have, I don't think there's anything wrong with delaying. The uh, inevitable as far as looking for another a, a companion, a life companion If you are busy in your life This is something I did for a few years When I was really busy Working like two or three jobs Going to school, doing all those things all at once I definitely, definitely didn't have time For any sort of courtship Or anything like that uh, And
1: I still think you can keep something uh, On the back burner you can keep your options. Going.
0: I think you can keep your options and open And I
1: think it, you learn important lessons I learned important. I think, well, no, I, I think that you're learning your lessons um, to some extent now.
0: Well, I, again, I, I had but, time for it. More on the way, 800-259-9231 when I was ready to make time for it. But that's not all This these women are about. These women hate the idea of falling in love. And I think it's sick. What do you think? 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll free at 800-259-9231. And bring up whatever you want. On this, the Valentine's Day edition of Free Talk Live. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. While I think Valentine's Day is a sham, I don't think love is. But apparently some women do. They're tired of love. They aren't interested in love. They just want to be cold and... Heartless for their whole life. That's what we're talking about. I want to hear from you as to uh, how you feel about these ladies. 800-259-9231. Now, inevitably, there are, um, I'm sure, men that feel the same way. It's just the article happens to be about young American women, 18 to 29, who have essentially given up on the concept. They don't want it. It's scary to them. The uh, the idea of falling in love with somebody is making, uh, for some reason, makes them believe they'll become this dependent, blubbering woman, and I just don't think that's the case. They've been somehow brainwashed. By uh, I don't know if it was the Women's Live Movement or one of their college teachers or whoever it was, but some damage has been done to these ladies, and it's really sad. I want to get back into the story here in moments, uh, but first I want to remind you to shop with us over at Amazon.freetalklive.com. 35 categories of products, everything from the stuff you might need for your bathroom to furniture to accessories, clothing, uh, gifts, of course. All there, amazon.freetalklive.com, DVDs, books, etc. Uh, when you shop through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So it's a great way to get the stuff you need delivered to your door and help Free Talk Live all at the same time. That's amazon.freetalklive.com. Let's go to coffee in Illinois first before we continue this. Coffee, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark.
3: You know what all those women have got in common? What's that? They've all dated me at one time or another. Ah, okay. <laughs> but, um, but hey, I wanted to talk to you about that Senate bill. That I called about the other night.
0: Uh, Refresh. What uh, what you Having bill? to
3: do with if you've got a grease tank in your car and you owe road taxes and so on and so forth.
0: Oh, uh, that's right. The, uh, the the guys, you're one of these the guys. The biofuel in his, uh, situation. You're running nope. your diesel vehicle off of vegetable oil. Right. And apparently one of your friends was caught up with by the Department of Revenue who said, hey... We found out you're running uh, vegetable oil in your vehicle, and now you owe back taxes because you aren't buying gasoline anymore. That's essentially what it is.
3: That's exactly right. And I spent the day today talking to different senators' offices and find out the skinny on this bill. What it apparently is is if you've got a grease tank in your car, you still owe – and this is the state of Illinois – you still owe a road tax on every gallon that you burn in your, <laughs> uh, your car or your truck. That's we don't insane. Know yet. We don't know yet how you're supposed to report it. They haven't given us any idea yet. Yeah. But uh, I uncovered something that's uh, in the category of, gee, that's really stupid, which is not unusual for Illinois. Um, if you've got a grease tank in your car right now, you owe the Department of Revenue $2,500 bond. What? Because you're, because you're considered, under current, the current laws, you're considered a grease supplier. Now, what this bill that I called about the other night was, I thought the bill was to eliminate the road tax on grease. Okay. But it doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with that. All it does is change the language of the current statute so that grease is not defined defined as a blended fuel. Because if it's a blended fuel, then that's a different category. But uh, until that bill does go through, everybody who's got a grease tank in their car in Illinois would be considered a supplier. and Technically, owes the Department of Revenue $2,500 as, as
0: a bond. And these guys are actually out there chasing people down?
3: Yeah. Yeah, one in Peoria, one in Decatur so far.
0: How do they find out... I mean, well, who's using my this? friend?
3: My friend doesn't make any bones about it. He goes to all the energy fairs and brings his car and I demonstrates, see. and you know, he's he's just out. He's there. an
0: activist for it. Then
3: the guy that I've never met, I don't have any idea. I've wow! participated in the BBS with him. Well, just
0: one more reason to come to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. You got okay. that right, guys. Have a
3: great night. Thanks, Thank coffee. coffee.
0: Appreciate Appreciated. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So, talking about uh, women in America, young women, being completely jaded towards the concept of falling in love. They believe it would be a sign of weakness, and uh, apparently they don't want any of that in their lives. And, it, of course, which I disagree entirely, it's not a sign of weakness. It's just that you found somebody that you're interested in spending time with. Uh, somebody who agrees with you on so much. Wh- why you would want to exclude that from your life, Uh I don't understand.
1: I think for most women that this problem will take care of itself when they meet the right guy. You think? I do. But I think f- some, But here there's it's going to make it difficult.
0: There's one woman that was interviewed who's um, t- t- torn. Yes, she um, is. Let's continue.
1: Dallas Senior, um, she says at her 21st birthday party, she talked about this with a girlfriend who understood. As the friend said over the uh, recorded sounds of rapper JC, I don't have time or energy to worry about a wee. College is about many things: learning to read Chinese, write poetry, solve complicated physics problems. It also is about learning how to build relationships with others, about how to be a we with a roommate you can't stand at first, and a classmate whose political persuasion is different, and significantly, with an intimate partner or two. It would not have occurred to many mothers of this generation that they were, um, when they were in college, that they couldn't have it all, included romance. But their daughters wonder. Their reluctance is not irrational. Some have lived through the divorce of their parents, or they witness disputes mm. between mom and dad, yet are not privy to the negotiations their parents undertake to resolve these differences. Although mom and dad may say they love each other, young women report that they rarely see their parents hug, hold hands act playfully, or do other mm. things to sustain that love.
0: I blame marriage.
1: They, they have the same complaints about the way love is portrayed in the movies or on television. A college junior says, We never see anything positive about Hollywood relationship. It's beginning to seem normal to get married on flings and then get divorced and have random babies. They're looking to Hollywood as
0: yeah. their example for what should be done in life? Well, a lot of people look to Hollywood for lots in- of things. Insane
1: Have you ever noticed how romantic comedies are all about falling in love or breaking up? I want to say, show me the rest of your life. What if after hesitating, young women enter into a relationship? What does that look like? How do they make it um, last since they haven't dated much, if, after all, it's difficult for them to know? Romantic love occasionally insists on making its presence known even to the most cavalier of young women. This happened to a young woman who spent much of her college time hooking up uh, up and, and then two months into her junior year fell in love with a senior who loved her back. Mm. From the moment they decided to be a couple, they knew their relationship probably wouldn't last after he graduated and moved away, but they decided to try to make it work as long as they could. Midway through their eight months together, she wrote in her diary, we had some long talks about us, and it's nice to know that we more or less um, feel the same, even though it's a hard page to be on. One thing I became very certain of is that if I changed any of my plans or dreams for him, I would resent him and it would eventually ruin whatever relationship we might have.
0: That's a fair observation.
1: I suppose. But, I mean, you have to make compromises in relationships.
0: Well, no, you don't have to. Well, and now, depending on where you are in your life. And, and she's in college. And there's a, that's a situation where he was a senior first. He left. He moved out. And you know as well as I do, Mark, that it's very difficult to make a long-distance relationship work. Yeah.
1: I um, had a girl uh, girlfriend go to college while I was still in high school. It didn't and, work. It, it didn't
0: work. Right. I mean, you can try your damnedest to make it work, but it's very, odds are very slim. Odds are good somebody else is going to step into the to picture and uh, and take that person's interest away from you. Uh, so I think being in close proximity is an important factor. And at that time in life, you have other obligations. And, I yes, I agree it would be a mistake if you've committed yourself to going to college and graduating college, um, for, you know, that four-year period of time, and you meet somebody that's really special – and you find that, you know, you don't want to change your plans for this individual. You don't want to compromise in that way. I respect that. Decision. I respect that, too. I think that uh, I think you have to do what's right for
1: you. But I think you should. The the, the relationship requires some thought in that. I mean, you know, should will it should I, be considered right. Right. If he's going to be off in Albuquerque, should I? I was going to go live in St. Louis, but maybe I should go live in Albuquerque, too. It's not like most maybe. jobs. It matters.
0: I see where you're you coming be, from.
1: There's a job anywhere.
0: And I'm not a huge fan of college either. So, I mean, I'm certainly somebody who would say, yes, take a close look at this and really consider how much you care about this other individual. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, I I would totally understand should that person decide, well, I started this path and I'd like to finish it, and then maybe we'll see if we can still get together after that. But at at least that woman was – she found somebody. She found somebody that she was interested in after, as she described, years of hooking up. Which just seems to be... I mean, we talked about indiscriminate sex last night on the show.
1: Well, hooking up isn't necessarily sex.
0: Hooking up isn't necessarily sex, nor is it necessarily indiscriminate. But uh, it certainly doesn't seem to me to be very satisfying. It doesn't seem to me to uh, be very emotionally full. Mm. I
1: would concur. I would concur. Is there more? So she continues. I'm glad to have him in my life right now. We push each other to become, our, um, to become our dreams, goals, and passions. My generation, actually, our society, is into taking shortcuts. Hookups are like the shortcut to intimacy. While dating is the long way around, the scenic route, we want to get there, wherever there is, as quickly as possible. And I think we've lost the ability to ju- to enjoy the journey.
0: I think that's, a, that's an excellent observation one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231
1: I think good relationships are a great part of life and Absolutely uh, to, to just, you know
0: To shut that off To to say no to even And there's the so much to learn from bad relationships uh, they're, uh, at, they're totally I mean, if I hadn't spent three years In a bad relationship I wouldn't really be able to appreciate This one as much I'm still
1: scarred from that relationship that you were in
0: <laughs> 800-259-9231 That's the toll free number for you do you know anybody like this? Are you somebody who has given up on the concept of loving another person? 1-800-259-9231. Our number two is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll free number 1 800 259 9231. That's the packet8.net toll free line. For you, one eight hundred two five nine is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. There's all kinds of neat features there, and they're all completely free. That again, freetalklive.com. It is the Valentine's Day edition of the show, and it really doesn't mean much beyond the fact that, well, we'll talk about some uh, love-related articles and uh, that sort of thing, but it's still free talk live. You can still bring up whatever's on your mind. We started out the show in hour number one by talking about young ladies in america 18 to 29 who have essentially been somehow brainwashed by whoever i uh, would assume their mothers their moms or whatever uh influences to essentially hate the concept of love to reject the concept of being together with another individual whether they be man man or woman um being together with another person, uh, growing together, having a relationship, a uh, loving, caring relationship with one uh, with an, one another. And they've rejected it. And it was just the, one of the saddest articles I think I've heard this year, Mark. It makes me sad. Uh, but there's other aspects to this whole love thing and the Valentine's Day as well. And I want to focus on some of those. Um, of course, again, you can bring up anything at 800-259-9231. This story from the San Francisco Chronicle. This is a more of a monetary aspect to Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. This year, like every year, men will spend more money on Valentine's Day gifts than women. A great deal more. But some will act out more out of guilt than love. Kit Yarrow, a consumer psychologist and business professor at Golden Gate University, says, Guys got all their electronics for Christmas. This is kind of payback time. According to the National Retail Federation, guys on average will dole out almost twice as much as gals for Valentine's Day. $156 compared with $85. Mm. Flowers remain the most popular gift, followed by cards, candy, a night on the town, and jewelry. A survey conducted by Big Research finds that people will drop an average of $119 on Valentine's Day gifts up from $100 last year. With 63.4% of people planning to celebrate the holiday, total spending is expected to reach $16.9 billion this year. And what amazes me, Mark, is how many people who are having trouble in their lives, people who are trying to make ends meet, people Mm -hmm. who are in a relationship and maybe they've got a little bit too much credit card debt or whatever their factors are, their uh, monetary debt factors in their life. They're having a tough time paying the bills at the end of the month. They're just scraping rent together. They're just getting the power bills paid. Those kinds of people. It amazes me to see those people still controlled by traditions in this country. Even though they don't have the money to spend, they'll go out and they'll spend $156 on jewelry or cards or a night on the town or or, or, or a candy. And what are you doing? Do you really want your relationship to get worse? Because the the further into debt you get, I think the more damage you're going to do to your relationship together. I think you can have a much better, um, more
1: uh, memorable evening by making your own valentine. I would I would rather get a homemade Valentine. It just seems sure. like a really nice thing to get.
0: It's certainly more uh, caring, I think. Sure. Or thoughtful.
1: I'm certainly not going to spend that kind of time. Um, you know, get a homemade Valentine. Uh, do some stuff at the house. You know, maybe in front of the fireplace if you happen to have such a thing, or you know, a couple's massage, or give or give your significant other a massage, or you know, play a board game. There's yeah. a lot of things that can be done that are that's very special. Um, you that know, don't
0: cost a lot of money.
1: Tell your um, significant other, you know, uh, something, that, something that you feel about them or, you know, um, how you felt when you first met them. Sure. Or, you know, there's a lot of really, really special things that you can do that don't cost any money at all.
0: That, They'll you know, make an impression. It really will. And I I wish, I, what I'd like to get through to Americans, and I don't know how much of the rest of the world suffers from this. And if you're in another part of the world, I'd like to hear from you on this. Is there a Valentine's Day? Is it as big of a deal in your part of the world? one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But I would like for Americans to understand that spending money on someone does not equate to loving them. It doesn't. Nope. It's a nice thing to do. It's a nice gesture from time to time to get gifts. Though I feel like the gifts that are truly the best gifts are the ones that aren't expected. Like... If you happen to be at a store Mm -hmm. and you happen to see something and think, hey, you know, my wife would really enjoy that, or whatever it is, maybe some trinket or book or whatever it is, you know your wife, you know your significant other, you say, oh, yeah, so-and-so would really like that. I think I'll pick it up for them and give it to them as a gift. That's one of those gifts where you really were thinking about getting someone something for reasons that don't have anything to do with the day of the week. You know, the, the particular day of the year that it happens to be. Valentine's Day, Christmas, birthdays, it's all so forced. And we've come to expect these things in America. And I think it's a sickness that we have, where Americans uh, have come to equate giving people valuable items with how much they care. I saw posts on our message board recently uh, by some of our listeners that think this. No. The, the, the suggestion was uh, by, by one of our listeners that, oh, you should get jewelry for your uh, your ladies because that shows that you love them. Stop it. Stop perpetuating this myth. It just makes people, it drives people out of their minds. I can't imagine being one of these people with this mindset of, I must get a valuable gift for my significant other today, or else he or she will be angry at me. I, I feel terrible for people that feel that way, because especially for those of them that are that are tight on budget, especially for those of them that are racking their brain trying to figure out how they're going to pay their bills at the end of the month, because they feel obligated to go and spend $500 on a ring. I, it really is disturbing to me. 1-800-259-9231 if you've got stories, Valentine's Day-related stories. Yarrow, who is, again, the uh, uh, the expert here in this article from the, uh, uh, the San Francisco Chronicle, said men will outspend women to make up for the HDTVs they bought themselves for Christmas and the Super Bowl. Maybe, uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, maybe men are just outspending women because they feel like they're obligated to. I think there's a lot of obligation, unspoken obligation, in some cases spoken. In some cases, you've got a significant other, man or woman, who is expecting to get something from you, and you come, uh, you come home on Valentine's Day evening, and you say, uh, You know what, uh, sweetie, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I looked at the finances this year, and really, do we need this whole Valentine's Day thing? We're trying to get the bills paid. What? You didn't get me a Valentine's Day gift? I hate you. I mean, people face those sorts of uh, situations. I'm sure it's worse than that in many cases. He says it's a throwback for us, blaming it on social pressure, saying, I think it always has been a man's holiday to express to women. She added that although, she I guess, although there's a level of superficiality to Valentine's Day aided by retailers pushing merchandise as an expression of love, people still buy into it especially the young people do what you know they're advertised to do what what the advertising says to do it's not just advertising but it's also tradition it's both and traditions are very very hard for people to advertising
1: created this tradition
0: that's true that's true uh, the National Retail Federation study shows that those between age 25 and 34 are expected to spend the most on Valentine's Day, averaging about $164.
1: I just slid out of that, didn't I? I'm not going to spend $164. What
0: did now, you spend? Oh, you, you, you haven't
1: even got her a card yet, right? That's no. Right. I'll, you know, when when she's on her way back, I'll go to the drugstore and I'll grab a card and now that's maybe an, a little th- bit of candy.
0: Now, the 164 is an average. So there's guys like you in there that are yeah. going to spend 5 bucks, and then there's guys that are going to spend $500.
1: But, I will, um, but we will go out to dinner for Valentine's Day, whatever day it is that she happens to return. Um, if you have a signif- so I don't, I don't know if that counts. The out, the out you to guys dinner. go out to
0: dinner all the time. Yeah. If you have a significant other, whether male or female, who gets upset, and, or you know they will get upset mm-hmm. if you don't get them something for Valentine's Day, you have a gold digger, in my opinion. That person doesn't care about you. They care about you spending money on them. And that, to me, is a twisted set of values. one 800 Now, also on Valentine's Day, and this is one of the side effects of this uh, this holiday and this tradition, are the lonely hearts. The people who don't have anyone to buy anything for. And they, they really hurt on days like this. More's on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. Archives an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Totally Free at freetalklive.com. And get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, attaining economic and personal freedoms in America's freest state. This three-day event, February 23rd, that's next week, to the 25th, will be held convention-style in historic Concord, with some of the program taking place in the State House. Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum for more information. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Talking about all things related to Valentine's Day. We started the uh, the show by talking about uh, a set of a uh, subset of American women who have completely given up on the idea of love. Uh, we continued to talk about the numbers behind Valentine's Day. 16.9 billion dollars is the total spending expected uh, on Valentine's Day, not just on Valentine's Day, but buying gifts for Valentine's, for
1: Valentine's Day. Day.
0: People uh, are expected to spend an average of $120 on Valentine's Day gifts. Men spending twice as much as women, $156 on average compared to $85. Last year, according to the Society of American Florists, 189 million roses were grown for Valentine's Day, with 74% of the purchases being made by men. This year, about 8 billion conversation hearts, you know those little hearts that you eat, are expected to be passed around, according to the National Confectioners Association. You know,
1: I, I've, uh, recently I was uh, at the uh, in-laws' house, and and they had those little hearts, but they weren't the awful chalky-tasting things that uh, what normally were, we thing? were. They were sweet tarts. Ooh,
0: Ooh Much better. Uh, Valentine's Day still lags far behind Christmas in terms of sales, but ties for second with Mother's Day, followed by Easter's and uh, Easter and Father's Day. Yarrow, who, again, is the uh, expert. You know, I
1: believe in spending for Mother's
0: Day. <laughs> suspects that men will spend a lot of money this holiday, not as a way to express their love, but out of fear that not doing so will result in, signif- in their significant others feeling unloved. Get this quote. And this, is this, this embodies just everything that's wrong with Valentine's Day. Okay. This is the day you prove your love, hmm. not express your love says the expert.
1: Huh.
0: Stop it! Stop it already! I'm tired of this crap! Prove your love. Spending money somehow proves that you love somebody. Cut it out. Take Mark's suggestions. If you feel the need to prove your love uh, for somebody today, as uh, for some reason you haven't been showing them how much you care for the rest of the year, which I think is a mistake, uh, But uh, take Mark's suggestions. Do something simple. And you know what? If something simple and thoughtful doesn't uh, result in the appreci- in appreciation from your significant other, your significant other sucks, and you should consider breaking up with them. Because if that's what they're all about, is getting a new ring for their collection or a new piece of jewelry or whatever it is that they want for Valentine's Day, you've really got a a, a sicko on your hands, in my opinion. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one with well, your Valentine's Day stories and thoughts. For
1: Christmas this year, I kind of went out there for my for my wife. I I got her some jewelry and I got her uh, a, a digital camera, a very nice digital camera with all the little gizmos and flashing things. And she's not the sort that expects these things. For instance, she's not really going to get anything for Valentine's Day. And right, I don't have anything at this point. I'm not uh, thinking about anything for her birthday in April. Um, And and that's
0: fine. You you guys have a a good
1: relationship without those expectations. I'm just saying that, um, you know, she doesn't expect those things, but I think it's okay sometimes to uh, treat them. I mean, I had a good year financially, and
0: I thought, hmm, I'll do something nice for Laura. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Then there's no obligation. There's no expectation. Right. What I have a problem with is the expectations. The idea that you have to get me something or else, or else I'm going to be angry. Brr. forget about all that that's gone from my relationship too and I think I've got a better relationship because of it because of the lack of expectations because of the uh the destruction of the silly tradition of Valentine's Day which is also a destructive tradition for those poor people who get upset with the fact that they don't have someone to buy things for I mean they get all I mean We're here on the air talking about our relationships, Mark, but there's inevitably people in our listening uh, audience who aren't in a relationship right now. And a number of those people aren't feeling very good today. Because today's the day everyone celebrates their love for one another, but yet you're alone. Nobody loves me. Yeah, you're alone, and everybody's passing around hearts and candy and and gifts and paying attention to one another, and, and there you are, all by yourself. I think that's one of the other negative aspects to Valentine's Day, and there are always there's always some token news article about the lonely hearts, about the people that don't have a relationship to celebrate. That, uh, and again, I think Valentine's Day is silly, but the but the the fact is that uh, it affects people in a very negative fashion. So not only does it affect people who are in relationships in a negative fashion, in that they feel obligated to buy things for one another, in many cases, even if they don't have the money to do it with. Not only is it negative in that way, but it's also negative in that the people who aren't in relationships feel lousy. Some of them do. Now, some of them are over it. I mean, some of them don't care. Some of them probably realize that oh, it's just Valentine's Day. It's no big deal. But there's a number of people out there that they really, they, it gets to them, especially at a younger age, too, especially when you're in uh, when you're in elementary school.
1: Elementary in, school?
0: That's that's where it starts, because well, that's when, you you know, the popular kids in the class, they all come in with their Valentines, and of course, they have rules now in elementary school that everyone must get a Valentine, because you don't want to leave anyone out. But the reason those rules were created is because people were crying. People were getting upset with the fact that, you know, little Susie's getting all the Valentines, and here's, you know, Chunky Jane sitting over there, and she's not getting any. You know, that's not very nice. And and that goes on throughout life for people like that. Now, um, when, as
1: I recall, uh, I don't know if it was a rule. In I just remember, you know, this was elementary school, and I don't know whether it was kindergarten or third grade or what it was. But I don't know if it was a rule. But you just gave valentines to everybody. Now I I do recall that was a rule. I do recall uh, choosing carefully who got which valentine. Like out of the box of Valentine's, right? Out Look of the box of Valentine's, you you sent the the good ones to the girls you liked, <laughs> you thought were pretty, and you sent the crappy ones right. to you know boys you didn't care about at all. Sure, obviously,
0: I'm sure there's some manipulation that goes on within those rules, but I'm yes, sure. uh, th- I believe that is a rule because you don't want people's feelings to get hurt because it's a reality that if uh, you aren't in a relationship on Valentine's Day, chances are you might not be feeling too good about that. You know, that is, if you're one of these people who uh, spends their life pursuing these relationships, which is another aspect of uh, love and relationships that I would like to cover tonight, and that is those individuals who don't have a relationship and are obsessed with getting into one. I don't think that's healthy either. I think it's it's a healthy thing to have a relationship with another person, to have a loving, giving, uh, reciproca- a reciprocal relationship with somebody else. But to pine away, uh, to spend one's free time doing nothing but looking for a relationship. These people that uh, try every new, product, every new option under the sun, speed dating, and all these other different things, that they're desperate for a relationship. I think if you're looking for a relationship, you've got to take some steps towards that. Hmm... We'll talk about that. On the way, 800-259-9231. I'm more of somebody who says, sit back, let them come to you, and and then take the steps. I'm not lonely. More's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's (laughs) Amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there completely free. Wiki included over a 1,000 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. So head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. W-I-K-I. Freetalklive.com And do you have a child in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child a Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com or 800 800- 6575066. Talking about relationships, uh, Valentine's Day, love and affection and uh all things related. At 800 259 wanted to get into the discussion about people who are constantly looking for relationships. I feel like, Mark, that and you and I are dis- are going to disagree on this apparently. Mm. I feel like the best way to find somebody compatible with you is to do what you want to do in life get out for instance and uh, go and do things that you like to do whatever that is you know what your preferences are and inevitably you will find other people who have similar interests as you uh, then you parlay that into conversation and uh, inevitably a, a relationship.
1: I would concur that uh, if, you, if you're out doing some social things that uh, interest you, that you're likely to meet somebody and, and that'll work well for you. Absolutely. So whether it's at work or um, in, in some...
0: Or in, go and sign up for a class at
1: community college or something like that that interests you. Something like that. Uh, but if you like to do solitary things, it, could be diff- it can be very difficult. I could see that, sure. And I also think that... Um, you should be in some relationships before you're in that perfect relationship to teach you how to be a good mate in, that, in the perfect relationship. Good point. Good so point. I think that uh, you know, looking for relationships actively isn't a terrible thing. I don't, you know, so as far as I'm concerned, if you're on Match.com or something like that...
0: I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That doesn't take a lot of effort. I'm talking about the people that really put a lot of time and effort into finding another rela- finding a relationship, mm. like these people. Okay. Silicon Valley, from davisenterprise.com, with its cerebral intensity and unrelenting sense of urgency, is an all-hours kind of joint, where napkin jotters and bonanza dreamers patter away at keyboards, determined to wring opportunity from every moment. That kind of all-consuming careerism comes with a catch. As the work-obsessed get closer to middle age, opportunities to find romance dwindle. These Silicon Valley Bridget Joneses, who embedded themselves in cubicles during the 1990s high-tech boom, are waking up to what they missed while they were logged on and tuned out to love. Quote, Mary Sue, a 44-year-old vice president of marketing at Vindica Incorporated, says, when you are in your early 30s and you're really focused on your career, you leave dating to chance. You don't take it very seriously. All of a sudden, you wake up one day and think, wait a second. Being focused on work all the time isn't what it's cut out to be. I want to have a great relationship. Except by that time you're in your mid-40s in these people's cases. So mm-hmm. Sue and other Silicon Valley executives looking for love are straying from their desks and their Blackberries to make time for dating. Yet, out of me to meet a mate. They're getting too old to cruise trendy Yelp parties. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Apparently we're not trendy and yelping. <laughs> or to ride the N Judah in hopes of getting picked up on Craigslist missed connections. They haven't found a single drinking establishment between Palo Alto and San Jose that serves up a better ratio of men to women than Anchorage, Alaska. They frequently are too busy and besides, I don't know about meeting uh, a significant other in a bar unless what you're looking for is someone else that likes to drink. I really don't think that's the way to go.
1: You know, it's it's one of the ways that people meet. I, I don't And I think it's a lousy one. I don't think it's the greatest I mean, and I you're don't much think better a lot of people I don't think a lot of people think it's the greatest um, way to meet either, but They do understand that, you know, that's what other people are going there for, whether they're, whether or not they're, they're not going there to drink, they're going there to meet people.
0: Yeah, but a lot of people are going to bars not to, to, I don't think, I think a lot of people are going to bars to get laid. So you've got a a big group of people in there that you don't really want to meet if what you're looking for is a relationship. I don't know if, I just don't think that uh, good relationships start at a bar, at at a bar counter.
1: Well, I have to disagree. I uh, dated a girl for three years that I met at a bar.
0: Okay. And was it good? Was, well, I mean it, it ended, but
1: I, I would call it a good
0: relationship. They're frequently too busy to spend time on online dating services. Meanwhile, the friends who used to set them up with eligible singles have peeled off in minivans lined with child safety seats and slurpy resistant upholstery, so all their old buddies are not around anymore. They're mm-hmm. all married. What I came up with what I really came to understand, said Sue, is that I would have a more metho- I would have to be more methodical about dating and come up with a game plan. So, he turned to a cottage industry that's blossomed to help Silicon Valley solos meet their match, high-class, uh, high high-priced yentas. His matchmaker cool. is Amy Anderson, the 30-year-old founder of Palo Alto-based Lynx Dating, a company with a unique Bay Area twist in that they uh, they pair San Francisco women with Silicon Valley men. The idea came to her back in 2001 when she herself was dating a man who had loads of buddies who were single bachelors, sporting Ivy League degrees and high-powered careers, but few romantic prospects. Some 30 miles away in San Francisco, Anderson's girlfriends, who had similar junior league pedigrees and Pilates-sculpted bodies, complained they couldn't meet any mates with marriage potential. So she created herself a little business. Apparently, what they do is they link educated, physically fit, marriage-minded, high achievers after a lengthy pre-screening and interview process and sponsorship by current member of the network. And there are a variety of organizations that are like this. Uh, what's the one online with uh, the where they test you? There's uh,
1: uh, Match.com does a little bit of that, but it's the uh, the other one. Uh,
0: the one that costs money to like a serious amount of money. Oh, they all cost money. I can't remember the what it is. The doctor guy that put it, put it together. Yeah. The they, they, they've got
1: great commercials, and it makes me think that they're a good thing, but I can't remember the name. Right.
0: I really wonder what the effectiveness of organizations like this. For instance, uh, the, uh, the lady who's in charge of this company takes them from geek to cheek by revamping wardrobes and grooming regimens, clip nails, shave the beard, etc., to boost their confidence in their chances of impressing their dates. Her fees range from entry-level... harmony No guarantees at $500... To the all frills membership at eight thousand five hundred dollars for twenty four months. Mm. That's a lot of smack. I mean, mm-hmm. that's five hundred bucks a month.
1: That's a lot, but uh, if you know, if for one, if you're have a good paying job and you really want to meet somebody, I guess
0: yeah, if you're forty five years old and time's she finds running the, out, right? She
1: finds the right one for you. It's it's worth it's worth paying for.
0: She offers herself as her best testimonial. She found happiness with a Silicon Valley geek of her own when she pulled herself out of a dating rut by moving from the marina scene to wherever. There she hired a fitness trainer, went on a strict one-month detox diet, stopped drinking, and cast a wider net. And her first date with uh, Alex Gould, the 35-year-old CEO of Revolution Media, and a economics instructor, lasted eight hours. They're not officially engaged yet, but two weeks ago they started shopping for rings. So she's, uh, she's essentially pointing out that this is something that can work for people, and oh, I'm sure uh, it can. And so
1: I because just, the people that are coming are not um, that they, they're intending to get into a relationship. I mean, right. they're they're ripe, they're prime, they're little taxi cab lights on um, TikTok. Right. So, so I think that uh, I think it's a, uh, it it
0: works. If it works, do it. I wonder if it works better. Like like, does this work eight thousand five hundred dollars better than a Match. dot com situation? Well, Match. dot com isn't free. But um, I know it's like a hundred bucks a year or something I, like that. I don't know what it is, but no, uh, I know because I joined it at one time. Really? Well, yeah, that's I great. Didn't. Um, it, so it's like twelve bucks a month or twenty bucks a. Anyway, it's a lot cheaper than eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I wonder if a service like this actually works eight thousand dollars better than an online matchmaker service. Have you had any experience with these? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the toll free number. From you, love to know what your experiences of like have been with these matchmaker services. Not just the services, but also the online, um, the the ones that don't involve a person in between you and your potential date. So if you've had experiences, would love to hear from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You
1: know, I would think that the matches and the e harmonies work better than, uh, say, the OK Cupids and the free ones, because. When they're free, nobody's invested in them. Mm. But when you're on eHarmony, you've paid money to be there. You're not fooling around.
0: Don't they just... uh, I I think they exclude certain types of people from eHarmony, though. I don't think we should mention them too often. I don't know what they... I don't know anything about Like, if you don't pass their little test, you can't get in their
1: system. I don't know that it's a pass of a test. I think think it is. I think there are
0: certain things that they exclude, like atheists. I don't know. More on the way. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. Anything goes. What's your dating experience with these matchmaker services? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll free at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The packet eight toll free line. It is Ian here with you and Mark. That's one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can join us on our website freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give them away. That we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some really cool free talk live stuff at store dot dot com. We got free talk live t shirts. We got free talk live hats. A variety of different ones as well as uh, the Free Marketeer flag, free, Mar- uh, free, free Talk Live bumper stickers, which are free, by the way. You can learn how to get one of those for free at store.freetalklive.com. DVD Classic Archive sets, it's all there. Great quality products, excellent merchandise, and uh great way to support the show and look cool at the same time. Store.freetalklive.com. Oh, Johnson, uh, who happens to run the store, sent me an instant message over the break correcting me. I knew there was something fishy about eHarmony, and what it is is that the guy that runs the site, Dr. Neil Clark Warren, he's an evangelical Christian. Uh And so, since it is a private website, it's private property, he can set the rules, and unfortunately, he's excluding not atheists, but gay people from his website. So, if you're a gay person, then you can't use eHarmony. So just another reason to stay away. It, even, I mean, even if you're not gay, just another reason to stay away from that guy's site. He's a scumbag. So, Oh, and, and it's all about promoting marriage as well. So if you're just looking for a relationship, also another reason to stay away from that particular website. Uh, so anyway, one 800 259 You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Oh, speaking of evangelical Christians, there's an update on one of our favorites. Who's that? The Reverend Ted Haggard you remember who this is? Yes,
1: this is the guy that got the uh, intimate massage from the uh, gay guy up in Colorado.
0: Yeah, like and that. the one who allegedly bought some methamphetamine and smoked mm-hmm. it before the intimate massage. The Reverend Ted Haggard, according to the Denver Post, has emerged from three weeks, Mark, of intensive counseling, convinced he's completely heterosexual. Heh, <laughs> that's all it took, three weeks of that's pretty counseling. Quick. Uh, and told an oversight board that his sexual contact with men was limited to just his accuser. Oh, sure, Ted. You were just experimenting with that one guy, right? That's according to one of the disgraced pastor's overseers, who on Monday revealed new details about where Haggard has been and where he's headed. The Reverend Tim Ralph of Larkspur also said the four-man oversight board strongly urged Haggard to go into secular work instead of Christian ministry if Haggard and his wife follow through on plans to earn master's degree in psychology. Forget this ministry
1: thing, Ted. Haggard <laughs> done for.
0: Haggard broke a three-month silence in emails over the weekend to select members of his former uh, former church. The New Life Church interim senior pastor, Ross Parsley, forwarded Haggard's message to the wider church body on Monday. In the message, he revealed that he and his wife, Gail, intend to leave Colorado Springs to pursue master's degree, uh, degrees through online courses. Haggard mentioned Missouri and Iowa as possible destinations. Another oversight board member said the group recommended that he move out of town, and the Haggards agreed. Uh, This is a good place for Ted. It's hard to heal in Colorado Springs right now. It's like an open wound. He needs to get somewhere he can get the wound healed. I bet another massage might help that wound, Ted. 1-800-259-9231. So he's saying he's all fixed. He's saying he's no longer uh, has any homosexual tendencies after three weeks of intensive counseling. Good for him. And, of course, as I understand it, being a homosexual is something you're born with for the most part or most of their uh in most of their cases. So I don't believe you, Ted. Well not for a moment. And and that's okay. It's okay to be uh homosexual. It's okay to be gay. Well the Kinsey report not sort not of says Ted.
1: not that not that necessarily a person is gay or straight, but that there's different variations um between, you know, that sort of like on a scale of one to ten. One being you know, straight and ten being
0: yeah, gay. Where are you on that scale? I Let's go to the phones and talk to J- uh, Johnson in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Johnson in Connecticut. Oh. Hello, sir. Hey,
4: I just wanted to uh, bring up a couple points on that whole uh, the dating site thing that you guys were talking about. Yeah. Um, well, one, uh, Mark brought up a point about being invested in, in financially, and you know, I wonder if that, to me, that seems a little desperate. Um, And, you know, I kind of like the freer sites as far as that kind of thing goes as far as just being in a place – you know, there are a couple different sites, and one of the ones that was mentioned uh, that I find – Interesting and disturbing all at the same time is a site called OKCupid. Okay and the, the reason why I find it interesting is because generally it's, you know, less of a dating site and more of a site that's just about fun quizzes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the disturbing part about it is that it's a DARPA project. What? DARPA? It's a, it's a, it's a, a project of the United States Defense Department.
0: Seriously? Wh-
4: why? Yeah. <laughs> the, the site is completely funded by DARPA.
1: But, but why are they doing that?
4: Uh I don't know. Supposedly the technology that runs OKCupid is this strange sort of new web server technology that allows for massive amounts of traffic uh without buckling. And I don't know more much more about it. I was trying to, you know, while while Where I was did you calling get the information more information. Well originally I got the information and it freaked me out. Uh, I looked at the about us uh Part, section of OkCupid okay, and it was listed right there it's We're not funded by there. DARPA <laughs> Well, it just said, you know, this is a, it's like a project of DARPA or hmm. this is where we're getting our money from, you know, oh, even wow. though we're asking for donations, we're getting some money from DARPA and this and that Now that information is gone and they have like bios of the individual like people who are involved but if you look it up online, you can still find news articles about it mm-hmm. about OkCupid okay, being linked to DARPA
0: Very so, interesting
4: yeah, I just—it's a little creepy.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, strange. But you yeah. say, but you're saying that uh, a free site is better in your mind because well,
4: it, I think it's more related to reality. I mean, you, you, most places you go, people aren't paying for dates unless you're in a brothel. You know, you're n- you're not paying to find people or paying a matchmaker service. So. I don't know.
0: There's eighty five hundred dollars that some people in California are paying to a matchmaker service. Well,
4: yeah, exactly. But that's such an un- it seems like that's such an unnatural way to try and find someone. Whereas you know, most people who meet and have a successful relationship are people who just you know happen to meet through mutual friends or yeah. they I don't meet know in about- a bookstore or a coffee shop or a library or a bar. I or think a place when you get to they're a they're certain age, Johnson,
1: dates. that uh, people might uh, be taking it more seriously, and, and maybe you can use the term desperation. I don't know that they would uh, be using that, and I don't think it's fair. But um, I think at a certain age that it makes more sense. Time Time's running out.
4: Well, again, and I, and I, I compare the reason why I, I, again, make the comparison is, you know, with, for example, OKCupid okay and differences between Match.com and eHarmony. And I've looked at all the different sites, and they are um, general psycho- psychological profiles on eHarmony and Match.com. And, you know, I always kind of wondered, well, what the hell is some great compared between eHarmony and Match.com. They both basically have the same exact psychological profile. And then OkCupid is a totally different situation where the users invent the questions, and you decide how you would want your match to answer, which I think is kind of unique. Hmm. And I have found that OkCupid's matching system, as far as I've met several people off that website, Hmm. where I met only very few off of, uh, match. dot com and never any off of eHarmony. Well, the results are uh, what
0: matter. I mean, if you're meeting more people on the free site, then that would seem to be more. Oh, effective.
4: absolutely. I met a lot more people off the free site, and I found that I made a lot of friends off the free site too. Just not necessarily people who I would be interested in, but I just met a bunch of different girls. I would say that, 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 that site and was. I
1: would you know, say just, that it, it matters. You know, results do matter, but um, you know, how somebody answers a question, you may not know what your perfect match is like. I mean, many people are just trapped in a cycle of going after the same idiot or scumball on a regular basis. And they need to, you know, somebody else stepping in is helpful for them to find the right person.
4: Yeah, and in that case, maybe you want a human intermediary. But as far as a computer dating service goes, I think it would be wisest to have you know. And there are multiple options, but I mean, for example, you know, do you want someone who is clean? You know, you generally you you give the ideal, uh, you know, on a, on OKC, but you would give the ideal
1: uh, situation. Would be, do you would want would answer no to, to, to that? Give? What? Would anyone answer no to that?
4: But you might have you might have a general idea of like for example how you know how clean they are and you you would you know you say my match would say this like I am very neat or I'm relatively neat or you know something like that. And then there are certain things you can, basically what you do is you then rate the importance of that question. Like, for example, maybe you really, really care about cleanliness. So you would say, hey, it's mandatory that this person has to be clean. That sounds or pretty cool say, to me
0: that, that you can essentially customize uh, the matching process. With, yeah, uh, that's with the what I find cool about it. You I'm know, a little disturbed by the DARPA directed. connection, but nonetheless, it yeah. uh, sounds pretty interesting and uh, sounds like it's worth looking into, especially if you've had good results uh, Johnson and uh, I think that's important. You know, testimonials like that. Why does so, the you know, dif- Why does the Defense Department
1: relaxed. care about a web server that uh, allows a great deal of traffic? What's the Defense Department uh, need that for? You know,
4: there's Well, you know, my my first thought there would be yeah, I know that there's a lot of talk about. Uh, trying to make the United States uh, computer system survivable in the event of massive hacker attacks. Okay. So maybe that's why. I, I think know. it
0: was just a DARPA employee who got horny or something. Thanks for the call, man. <laughs> we appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. He had a budget, figured he'd spend it on a website. Hour three's on the way. You take control of the airwaves. You bring up anything. Yeah, interesting statistics about girls who play video games. on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. We're launching into hour number three. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free, so do enjoy those. They're on us, freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones, to the fun. Osborne in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Osborne. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. What's on your mind?
5: Hey, I just wanted to drop some science on this uh, family topic that you guys were discussing on Monday.
0: Okay, sure.
5: And I have a suggestion for you that I think you might find interesting as freedom-oriented individuals. All right. Uh back in my days as an economist, I did uh, a number of studies involving uh human subjects in a laboratory involved in uh trust in various prisoner's dilemma type games wherein okay. uh, you know, uh, each player has to choose between A and B uh they're they're both individually incentivized to choose b but they're both better off if they both choose a okay so and i discovered that by injecting a random variable by assigning each player a color either red or blue that they were able to uh display a much higher degree of cooperation with each other than if they had no color at all.
0: Were they cooperating um, simply because they had a color, or were they cooperating if they were blues and reds? Were uh, opposed- they were
5: uh, cooperating with uh, like colors.
0: Huh. Okay.
5: So just this random variable was able to induce these people to cooperate whether where they wouldn't otherwise have. Huh. So my suggestion would be that if a random variable can uh, achieve this result, then how much more could... Um, a uh, sharing of genetic material caused people to behave in that manner in the real world.
1: What what genetic material I, I I'm sorry I just I'm, I'm so lost on this.
5: Okay. Sorry. Uh the, the discussion was uh Ian was suggesting that uh he does not uh, treat a family member any different than uh, any normal person.
1: I'm sorry, I thought we were talking about the dating stuff uh, no. oh, I'm sorry. earlier sorry. this earlier. No, this he hour.
0: started his uh, conversation by referencing the family conversation.
1: Uh, he said, uh, I guess, you know, there's families come along with dating, I don't know, I got confused. Excuse okay, me. so what was the
0: suggestion, <laughs> one more time, run the suggestion by me again? So if I can
5: randomly assign someone a color, mm-hmm. and they can use that as a coordination device to cooperate with one another, um, I would suggest that being a member of the same family would also induce that kind of uh, trust and cooperation. You're saying it will increase the likelihood? Yes, relative to a complete stranger.
0: It's certainly possible. I'm not saying that families are bad things. I'm just saying that judge individuals based on uh, their actions.
5: I hear you, but you did make the statement that (laughs) a family member is no different than any other person.
0: I don't believe they personally are any different. I think I see where you're coming from in that you're saying that because of the family ties, there's a increased likelihood that you will get along with them. And I could see that being the case, but they're still just other people. I mean, they're people.
5: I, I agree that they
0: are just people. Right. Obviously, they're people. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, anybody placed in close circumstances with another group, I mean, if you take somebody, somebody you out of somebody
1: share their, a great deal with in your life, and I think that counts for something.
0: It sure does. Sure. But if you take somebody out of their family and put them into a family of wolves, they'll become more like the wolves. So, yeah, of course, who you're around is going to have, have an effect on you.
1: And I'm not even sure that the genetic material is what's important. It's the, you know, the connection that you have with that, that person or, you know, the, the perceived um, connections. Right.
5: And I am suggesting that no matter how infinitesimally small that uh, relationship is, you can use that as a device to uh, achieve cooperation whether where there might otherwise have not been.
1: Well, it seems pretty obvious to me that Osborne has pointed out that, uh, with science, that you are nuts.
0: I don't know about that. Osborne just made an interesting suggestion. <laughs> I certainly
5: wouldn't suggest that.
0: Thank you for the call. We appreciate <laughs> hearing from you, Osborne. Uh, just an interesting suggestion, that's all, Mark. And, and I agree with him. I think, yes, it's true that if you're raised in close proximity with uh, another group of people, you're likely to pick up their habits. You're likely to pick up their demeanors, their attitudes. You're likely to be more like those individuals, of course. But I don't think the blood connection matters in the same way that you weren't bl- um, connected by blood to your mom, but yet you've got that connection as though she's your mother. Sure. So it just has more she to do with. She is my mother. It just she mothered has, me. Right. It just has more to do with uh, s- circumstance. And uh, connections with others than anything else. I agree that it has blood. to do with
1: circumstance, but but I don't know. You you make it seem like it just doesn't matter. And I say what it, doesn't matter? The fact that somebody
0: is in your family. That is true. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. They shouldn't be given bonus points because they have somebody who happens to be connected by blood pushed them out between their legs. Right. There's no. I don't think you should get points for that. well, I mentioned um, in the last hour, that, that, and we're pretty much done at this point with the Valentine's Day stuff, I don't have anything else on it, I don't think you do either. I don't. But um, I do have something about sex and video games. Well, that always sells here. Sex and video games. Okay. Which, normally two things that don't go together. You know, normally, yeah, yeah, you're right about if, that. If you spend, it sure doesn't. If you spend too much time playing video games... You're not going to spend much time having sex. Right, You're not going to spend much time having sex. You might not even have the opportunity yeah, that's correct. to have sex. <laughs> However, if you can manage to find yourself a female who plays video games, uh-huh. things might be different. According to a survey conducted by GameTart... The UK's largest online rental games company carried out the survey throughout January to see how the recent influxes of the likes of pink PSPs and DS lights, those are two video game systems, would affect gamers' sex lives across the country. The results were surprising. Of the sample of 200 women, decent-sized sample, those who played video games on average had sex 4.3 times per week, while those who did not play video games had sex only 3.2 times per week. Perhaps even more promising for gamers is the fact that many of the women that we interviewed who have only recently started playing games said that they now have sex more often than before. So apparently, the factor of uh, being a gamer for a woman might actually increase the likelihood that she's more horny, that she's wanting to have sex more often. It is having sex more often. Is there any explanation as to why this is? No, it's just an interesting coincidence i see but uh but of course the the trick is finding a female who plays video games i think there are more of them now than there used to be in the past i would i would agree with that but generally it i think may, uh, games are still sort of considered a, a man's thing too. yeah
1: my, my wife has no very little interest in uh, video games sometimes uh she will look away from her television set mm-hmm. at my television set which both sit in the same room by the way Hers, of course, is <laughs> 55 inches, and mine's 13.
0: Oh, I see. She got the bigger one, huh?
1: Yeah, she got the bigger that's one. That's funny how that works. Yeah, she's watching TV. You know, I'm, I'm fine with the little yeah. thing. Um, but she'll, sometimes she'll look over when there's some some kind of cutaway scene, mm-hmm. Look at, ask a question, and then go back to
0: whatever she's doing. So that's about it, huh? Yeah. Could she's, you get her to play Tetris?
1: Uh, she's very interested in Tetris. Um, she likes Tetris. She likes <laughs> uh, the Sudoku games, you know, the... the paper games that are out there and there's paper games the paper Sudoku. there's paper video games no it's not a video game it's just a game
0: huh Sudoku. I don't know what that means
1: you don't know what Sudoku is no what is uh, it's, that? it's a new thing kind of like a crossword puzzle with numbers and you figure out I mathematically see. where the numbers go in the puzzle and there's another one called Karaku huh she does these
0: so she likes the uh, the thought puzzles the uh, sort of mind bender sorts of things
1: yes that's cool when it's obvious that I'm the super genius in the house.
0: I don't know about that. She plays the smart games. You play the dumb shoot 'em up games where you, you know, if it moves, you blow it up. Right? <laughs> Come much. on, that's what you play. Yeah, it's okay. Much. That's I, those games are fun. I that's wish pretty much I, what I play. You yeah. know, I, 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 wish I had more time for games, but I just don't. I, I, I could make time for games, but then I'd have less time for my lady. So uh, that just doesn't just doesn't work out anymore. No, that's not a good system. No. Yeah, but, uh, but good luck, guys. I mean, it's, it, this is good news and everything that. Um, Gamer girls have sex more often than regular girls, but the trick is finding. Yeah. See if you can, As a gamer see, guy. see if you can
1: turn this into some kind of uh, boon for yourself, because yep. I don't know if it's uh, going to be. Uh,
0: not very likely, because gamer guys are unlikely to meet girls in the first place at all. They should really just consider going gay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so you're not likely to meet any girls, let alone a video game playing girl. Hmm. And I could imagine that amongst the gamer guy world, a female video gamer is probably a pretty coveted item. Probably something that's... Uh, something
1: something that someone holds on to.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and it's the same thing in the, the libertarian world.
1: Oh, it's the same thing in the uh, Dungeons & Dragons world.
0: The, the libertarian guys, there are so many of them, they uh, salivate over the opportunity to be with a libertarian lady. I do. There just aren't as many of them, unfortunately. That would be nice, something we could change maybe in the future. Let's popularize this liberty thing, Mark, so uh, we can have more libertarian ladies for those poor, poor, desperate libertarian guys out there. 800-259-9231 because they're tired of converting the socialists. (laughs) Wars on the way. You take control of the airwaves. Anything goes. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The dot 8.net toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. And whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know it first if you're on the updates list. And you can get on it for free, of course, by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com.
1: Is there a young person that's important to you? Give them financial literacy. A kid's journey to getting rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, excuse me, early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. The average college student graduates with seven thousand dollars in credit card debt. That's no way to start a life. Buy them a kid's journey to getting rich at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com, or call one 5066 that's
0: 800-657-5066. 1-800-259-9231 is our toll-free number. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial in. we got some good news. Finally, some good news to report here, Mark. In fact, two pieces of good news. First up, from the Marijuana Policy Project. New AIDS study shows marijuana's medical benefits as though we hadn't seen enough evidence, mm-hmm. hadn't heard from enough people that were using marijuana for medicinal purposes where it actually does help people's lives out. Now, well, in case you hadn't heard enough, here's more. San Francisco, the University of California at San Francisco study appearing in this week's issue of the journal Neurology puts to rest... Any doubts about the need to change the laws to allow for legal access to marijuana for the seriously ill? Now, of course, we believe here on Free Talk Live that the laws need to be changed so anybody can access marijuana. But nonetheless, who could disagree with helping people who are sick? Right. Officials of the Marijuana Policy Project in Washington, D.C. said today the trial involved HIV-AIDS patients suffering from perif- uh, peripheral neuropathy, which is a painful condition stemming from the nerve damage done either by HIV itself or by the drugs used to treat it, there are no h uh, there are no FDA approved treatments for this condition, this uh, peripheral neuropathy, which eventually afflicts about one third of those who are infected with HIV. Hmm. Neuropathic pain, which is also common uh, common in other illnesses, including multiple sclerosis. Uh, is notoriously resistant to conventional pain drugs, including highly addictive opiates. And if you go into to a doctor to get drugs for pain, they're going to prescribe you hydrocodone, which is an opiate. It's hillbilly heroin, as they call it. Uh-huh. And uh, they're saying that uh, this particular type of pain isn't uh, so effective, that those uh, opiates aren't so effective in treating it. USCF researcher... Uh, Dr. Donald Abrams and colleagues tested the efficacy of smoked marijuana, not Marinol, but smoked plant matter, on both HIV neuropathy and a type of laboratory-induced pain specifically designed to provide an objective measurement. In both types of pain, marijuana provided significant relief. Now, they include that word significant for a reason, because it makes a difference. Right. This study directly contradicts the federal government's assertion that marijuana is not a safe and effective medicine, said MPP. That's
1: because the federal government doesn't care whether you're in pain or not. They care whether or not they can charge money to people that have been caught with drugs. Mm. And they feel that legalizing marijuana, even small amounts, and even amounts to sick people, is somehow going to jeopardize their very, very profitable war on drugs. They could give a
0: damn about what's good for you. They only care about what's good for them. That's right. And they've got the guns. Uh, as director of uh, MPP, Rob Campia, who, by the way, is going to be at the Liberty Forum next week, he says it directly contradicts their assertion that marijuana is not a safe and effective medicine. Even though this clinical trial had to be conducted using government-supplied marijuana, that's of notoriously poor quality, and we'll talk about that here in a moment, marijuana sh- was shown to be safe and effective in treating a condition for which there are literally no FDA-approved treatments. It's time for our government to wake up, smell the science, and change the law to allow suffering patients legal access to medical marijuana. S- just, please, can we just stop the insanity, the kicking in of doors of these medical marijuana providers out in California. The people of California have spoken they're clearly for medicinal marijuana but yet the federal government continues to come in and raid and destroy these operations that are helping get marijuana into the hands of sick people. HIV now,
1: AIDS... This this particular study was um, revolutionary in that it was the first double blind study or something like that of, of marijuana. and they, so this is the I science, don't know about that. The science of this say. study is superior to um, uh, you know previous studies on medical
0: marijuana. HIV, AIDS patients who have used marijuana to treat neuropathy weren't surprised by the results of the study. Eric Billings from Lewiston, Montana said, The pain used to be so bad that I sometimes couldn't walk or even stand for more than a few minutes. And other drugs they gave me didn't help much or made me too dizzy. Medical marijuana relieves my pain and gives me my mobility back when nothing else really helped. We have heard stories over time on this show from people like Eric Billings from Montana, people who have multiple sclerosis, people who have HIV, people who have cancer. We've heard stories from these people who uh, they've pointed out how effective marijuana has been for them in their lives. And I have no reason to disbelieve these individuals. These aren't people who are making up some elaborate story just so they can get high. These are people who are really sick. Well, of course they are. And, you know,
1: I... uh I've heard many people say that, oh, gosh, that whole medical marijuana thing. They're just saying they're sick so they can get it. That's what people are saying.
0: Yeah, they just want to get high. I've got from
1: um, the SanFranciscoGate.com, the the same article here says, although the study itself was small, it is the first of its kind to measure the therapeutic effects of marijuana smoking while meeting the most rigorous requirements for scientific proof, Mm -hmm. the so-called randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial. So, if you don't think... That people are being legitimate when they say that they need marijuana for medical purposes. Shut the hell up. There's
0: science on this side. Yep. With more than 21,000 members and 100,000 email subscribers nationwide, the Marijuana Policy Project is the largest marijuana policy reform organization in the United States. Now, I don't happen to believe, uh, I don't happen to agree with all of their policy. For instance, they want to regulate marijuana. I don't think that's necessary, because government being in charge of marijuana, not such a good idea. According to Washington McClatchy newspapers, medical researchers need more marijuana sources because government supplies aren't meeting scientific demand, a federal judge has ruled. In an emphatic but non-binding opinion, the DEA's own judge is recommending that a University of Massachusetts professor, this is the other good news, Mm -hmm. be allowed to grow a legal pot crop. The real, winners, uh, the real winners could be those suffering from painful and wasting diseases, proponents believe. The administrative law judge Mary Ellen Bittner ruled the existing supply of marijuana is not adequate. Now, why do you think that is? Well, it's because the government's supplying it. Of course it's not adequate. They're idiots. You put the government in charge of something and they are going to screw it up. They can't even grow a weed correctly.
1: <laughs> the federally not.
0: The federal government has a 12-acre marijuana plot at the University of Mississippi, and it provides neither the quantity nor the quality that scientists need, researchers contend. While Bittner didn't embrace those criticisms, she agreed that the system for producing and distributing research marijuana is flawed, saying competition in the manufacture of marijuana for research purposes is inadequate. Well, yeah, there is no competition. It's the government's plot of uh, Marijuana Farm, and that's it. Time to open up the uh, opportunity to other people who want to provide this uh, marijuana to scientists so we can continue to study this beneficial and helpful drug. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. The show is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The packet, 8.net toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com where we have live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both awaiting you for free at freetalklive.com. And who's the most pro-liberty individual in the United States Congress? That would be Ron Paul. And you, if you register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th, that's next week we'll be able to meet presidential candidate Congressman Ron Paul and other influential individuals who support your freedom. Register at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and get more information and the latest on the event at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. We're going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to this. Yes, I am too. It's going to be tremendous. Uh, So uh, we're talking about marijuana, talking about how a judge, the DEA's own judge... They have apparently an administrative judge of some sort in the DEA. Uh, Anyway, the judge's name is Mary Ellen Bittner, and she has ruled that the existing supply of marijuana is not adequate, that is, for research purposes. Uh, The federal government's 12-acre marijuana plot at the University of Mississippi provides neither the quantity or quality that scientists need, say researchers. Uh, uh, Competition in, in the manufacture of marijuana for research purposes is inadequate, said the judge. She further concluded that there's... Minimal risk of diversion from a new marijuana source, making additional supplies available, she stated, would be in the public interest. The DEA isn't required to follow Bittner's 88-page opinion, and the Bush administration's anti-drug stance may make it unlikely that the grass-growing rules will loosen. Both sides can now file further information before DEA administrators make their ruling. The DEA spokesbureaucrat says, We could still be months away from a final decision. Obviously, we're going to take the judge's opinion into consideration. Still, the ruling is written. Still, the uh, ruling is resonating in labs with, and with civil libertarians. Uh, ACLU's attorney says the ruling is an important step towards allowing medical marijuana patients to get their medicine from a pharmacy, just like everyone else. Based in the California seaside town of Santa Cruz, the ACLU's Drug Law Reform Project has been representing the University of Massachusetts scientist Lyle Kraker Since 2001, Craker has been confronting numerous bureaucratic and legal obstacles in his request for permission to grow research grade marijuana all he wants is permission from these people right they don't want to you know
1: they don't want to let us have um have it for medicine they because we might find to, out
0: things like we do, what like we talked about earlier
1: you know once they're forced to uh, you know allow that then they they don't want you to be able to do research on it and then once they're forced to do that they don't want you to be able to grow it for the research yep. we'll take care of growing it then when they do they screw it up because You know, they They can't do anything properly, and they don't want to let anybody else do it. It's just, it's a mess. It's stupid.
0: An an agronomist with a doctorate uh, from the University of Minnesota, Craker, was asked... He could probably handle growing uh, uh, marijuana then. Anybody can handle growing it, except for the government, apparently. Craker was asked to grow bulk marijuana by a small five-member group called the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, who actually happen to be based out of uh, where we come from, Sarasota, Florida. The Psychedelic Studies Group wants to research such areas as developing vaporizers that can efficiently deliver pot smoke. Also, MAPS, its uh, MAPS is what it's short for, uh, the acronym. They're also in doing research into MDMA, mm-hmm. uh, LSD, and other uh, products like that. He says, this ruling is a victory for science, medicine, and the public good, said Craker. I hope that the DEA abides by the decision and grants me the opportunity to do my job unimpeded by drug war politics. The latest research made public this week indicated that marijuana provided more pain relief for AIDS patients than prescription drugs did. As we just pointed out, the Bush administration quickly dismissed those findings as a smokescreen. And a it smokescreen? It's real science. They're just trying to cover up people trying to get hired. Don't look over here. Don't read these reports. There's nothing to see here. People, go away. Business. Good lord! Just discounting science done in you know with the university setting. Yep. It has remained hostile to Kraker's research efforts. During the trial, for instance, DEA attorney secured an admission from MAPS head Richard Dublin that he has smoked marijuana regularly since nineteen seventy one. DEA attorney Brian Bailey asked Dublin, before withdrawing the question under objections, can you tell us the source of this marijuana? Just harassing people. The DEA originally claimed that it lost Craker's research application. Oops. Then the agency said that his photocopied follow-up lacked the necessary original signature. After a year, Craker tried again. He then had to wait another year before the DEA started processing the application. Sounds like dealing with the government. In which he proposed to grow about 25 pounds of marijuana in the first year. Craker sued the agency. Uh, After it rejected his application, that brought his case before Bittner. She oversaw the trial, which featured witnesses such as former California legislator John Vasconcelos. People have a right to know more about what might help them in their suffering and pain or illness, whatever it might be, said Vasconcelos in his testimonial. uh, In words repeated by Bittner, the more research, the better. The University of Mississippi has monopolized government-grade marijuana since 1968. The university also contracts with North Carolina's Research Triangle Institute, which runs a machine that can roll up to 1000 finished marijuana cigarettes in an hour. However, the government-grown pot is too harsh and filled with stems and seeds, researchers testified. The material was of such poor quality, we didn't deem it to be representative of medical cannabis. Mm. This is ditchweed. <laughs> This is regs of the worst order. <laughs> CAC, I believe, is what we called it when I was uh, younger. That the uh, the government is producing. And this isn't rocket science. I mean, all you have to do to learn how to grow marijuana is go out and buy a book. And, I mean, you can throw the s- seeds in your backyard and the stuff will start to grow. Uh, but if you actually do a little bit of reading, you can learn some of the basics and Learn that you're supposed to separate out the males from the crop so they don't pollinate the females and put all make kinds of seeds in it. Seeds and nastiness. This isn't hard stuff. It's not rocket science. Well, 800- they're growing
1: it on a 12 acre piece of land or something, so they're they're outdoors.
0: Yeah, and that makes it a little harder to keep the uh, seeds out. Still, though, if you're tending the crop, you can you can handle it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the toll free number. You can take control of the airwaves. Uh, also on the way, something about our friends over at Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, but forced uh, to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Zach in South Carolina on the Amplifier line. Hey, Zach.
6: Yeah, I called in and had a great time. I had uh, three libertarian bills, uh, well, semi-libertarian bills, I guess, that I were in the uh, South Carolina State House, mm-hmm. and two of them deal with marijuana. Really? But um, the one that doesn't, uh, a few months ago I first uh, emailed my representative and told her about the real ID and at the time, New Hampshire was passing legislation um, to reject it and I told her about that and then a few weeks ago when Maine and Montana did the same, um, I told her about them and when I did, she told me that she saw that someone had introduced similar legislation in South Carolina.
0: Good to know. Excellent.
6: And then there's also a bill in the House to um, legalize the cultivation of industrial hemp. Ah. And then my senator has introduced a bill to legalize medical marijuana in South Carolina.
0: Fantastic. You know, uh, it's very rare that that's done on a legislative basis. Usually the medical marijuana provisions are citizen-led initiatives. So it's very rare that a legislator will have the courage to step forth and essentially break rank from the government, uh, uh, from the status quo. Well, at oh, this say, point, twenty p- oh, more than
1: twenty percent of the states are doing it. So it's
0: true. Not as risky, I suppose, at this point. But still, it's still rare that a politician will step forth and actually have the courage to do something like that. Uh, I would, if I were you, I would contact him and, uh, and or him or her, or her and and ask that person if you can be of any assistance with them on uh, to to help them on this because it's. I think it's a pretty important issue myself. How do you feel about it?
6: Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's great. I mean, he um, understands it firsthand because his wife died from lung cancer, and it, her doctor told them that marijuana could be of assistance, but they weren't. In able lung to get cancer? It. So,
0: wow. Yeah, that seems strange. That's the last place I would expect uh, marijuana to be utilized, but hey, if the doctor suggested it, then I'd go with it's it. Worth a try. Very good, Zach. Uh, that's it's good to hear some good news coming out of uh, the southern states, and uh, we appreciate the update. Anything else on your mind? Um, no, that's it. Thanks for the call, man. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the toll free number. Law enforcement against prohibition. It's not just marijuana. It's not just marijuana smokers. It's not just Ian and Mark on Free Talk Live. It's not just activists, but cops that also want to end prohibition. We'll talk about them on the way. Your show, you bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 1-800-259-9231. And, yes, you can bring up whatever's on your mind That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. That's the packet 8.net toll free line, by the way, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site totally free, though we do ask that you, in return for all those free features, voluntarily support the show to the tune of three bucks a month. It's what we call the Free Talk Live AMP program. And you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier. And AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. it's a very simple concept. The idea is you send in three bucks a month to the show. We take that money and we turn it around into promoting Free Talk Live to getting the show on more radio stations around the country, currently on at least 20 uh, different stations around the country. And many of those stations are a direct result of our Free Talk Live amplifiers sending three bucks a month in because that three dollars a month adds up. We've got over 320 people sending in at least three dollars a month. And that adds up to an an advertising budget for us. It allows us to advertise in industry publications, advertise online to get more internet listeners, and all of this will end up spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as fast as possible. It's working. It really is working. So see what I mean by heading over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn about the program, learn about how we're spending the money, learn about the perks that are also going to be involved. You get access, for instance, to the amplifier-only call-in lines, uh, the amplifier-only forums, and more. All there for you. Amp.freetalklive.com is a great way to support this show on a totally voluntary basis. That's Amp.freetalklive.com. So, since we've been talking about the war on drugs, I came across... What is essentially a wonderful puff piece about our friends over at Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. Okay. Now, we've certainly talked about LEAP before a number of times in the past, but we have to remember, Mark, there's always new people uh, tuning into the show. That's right. And uh, so new people need to come across the message of LEAP. And we've always got new stations on board as well. And uh, there's always a chance that law enforcing uh, officers, LEOs, uh, law enforcement officers, will be listening to the show. In fact, uh, last week we got a call from uh, a LEO who was in the Charleston area uh his name was Duke as mm-hmm. i recall and i actually sent that uh, i sent an email to the program director over, over at WVTS in uh, in West Virginia there Super Talk 950 dave and i i said you know dave you might want to take a listen to this because uh, one of your listeners called in, and he's a cop, and I think he actually made a promo out of it. Because apparently Duke calls WVTS. He's like a chronic caller oh, really? of the station, cool. so they know Duke over at uh, at WVTS. Anyway, you never know who's listening, so I want to share with you about our friends over at Leap. And it's actually an article by Radley Balco at Reason.com, uh, and surprisingly, it originally appeared at Fox News. It's understandable, says Radley, why many people, first, when they first see Howard Woldridge, that they might think that he's a crank. The slender, mustachioed man of middle age frequently wears a cowboy hat and has been known to get around town on a horse. He also wears a black shirt with loud, conspicuous lettering on the front and the back. You'd be forgiven to dismiss him as a religious zealot proclaiming the coming apocalypse or a disciple of Lyndon LaRouche. But look closer. (laughs) The shirt reads, Cops say legalize drugs. Ask me why. And people do. I get stopped just about everywhere," says Howard. "The shirt works. I have several different I have several different shirts for different occasions. I can get my point across in 30 seconds in an elevator, a few minutes in a restaurant, or a full-blown speech at the Rotary Club. If he doesn't leave people convinced, he at least leaves them asking the right questions." So does Norm Stamper. Remember, by the way, I don't think they mentioned this, but Howard uh, Wooldridge crossed the country on horseback with that shirt on, mm-hmm. uh, just simply for the purpose of spreading the, the message against Prohibition. And just it an worked. Awesome That's how guy. we found out about him. Yep. Uh, so does Norm Stamper, the former police chief of the city of Seattle. Quote, people ask how a former cop could say drugs should be legalized. But it's precisely because I love police and love police work that I'm saying it. The drug war stops real cops from doing real police work. Mm-hmm. It's corrupting, it's wasteful, and it has wrecked communities. Woldridge and Stamper are featured speakers for Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, or LEAP, uh, which, by the way, their website is leap.cc. That's .cc, not .com. A relatively new but powerfully motivated group of current and former police officers, judges, prosecutors, and politicians who've come out against America's failed war on drugs. LEAP was founded in 2002 by Jack Cole, a 26-year veteran of the New Jersey State Police, who we've had on this show, Cole spent, and who will also be attending the Liberty Forum next week, Cole spent 12 of those years as an undercover narcotics detective. According to his bio, it was his post-retirement struggle with the emotional residue left over from his work as a narcotics officer that led him to the realization that the war on drugs has failed. After forming law enforcement against Prohibition, Cole, Woldridge, and three other founding members hit the public speaking circuit talking to government classes, rotary clubs, and campus organizations. They wrote op-eds for local newspapers, and they debated on radio programs. In just under five years, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition now claims more than 6,500 members. That's a lot. And I would say the vast majority of those people are former Leos and prosecutors and judges and that sort of thing. Right. Isn't that who it's all open to? You can join as a supporting member if you're not one of those people. Uh, But nonetheless, just a tremendous success story in in what is essentially a five-year history. Less than five years. I mean, 2002, they were founded, now with over 6,500 members. Proponents of drug prohibition tend to dismiss reform groups like Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, or the Drug Policy Alliance, or MPP, as fringe ideologues. Politicians, for instance, seem fond of dismissing the latter group for no other reason than it gets its funding from George Soros. But when decorated police officers... Former police chiefs and ex-judges and prosecutors speak up, well, audiences can't help but take notice. They aren't stoners. They're former public servants. And many of them risked their lives for a cause they now say is mistaken. That's powerful stuff. When a guy tells you he regrets what he's done for most of his career and what he could well have died for, his words take on a unique credibility and urgency. Yeah. One common characteristic you'll find in many members of LEAP is guilt. Most of these former officers lug around a weighty burden. Many concede they realized early in their careers that the drug war was a failure and always would be a failure, and they regret now that they didn't speak up sooner. Stamper says in Leap's promotional video, quote, "Even though I knew that the drug war was harmful financially and physically and spiritually, I should have been saying much more of that, much more strenuously." One thing a lot of though a lot of these guys even though they realize that what they're doing isn't helping anything, a lot of them stay in it because they like the adrenaline rush. Yeah. And that's sick. One thing LEAP's members can attest to is that other drug war critics can't is that the drug war is the drug war's corrupting influence on police officers. Tony Ryan, one of of LEAP's newest members and well-decorated, a 36-year Denver police officer, recently wrote in an op-ed, quote, The huge lure of money is always there either through bribes by drug dealers or during busts when piles of cash are just lying around. And don't forget the drugs that are lying around, you can sell those for cash. Corruption of law enforcement was at its highest during alcohol prohibition, and we see it again with drug prohibition. Any Lexus or Google News search will confirm Ryan's warning about corruption about corruption a dozen times over. That's not an indictment of police officers. By the way, every week I get an update from uh, StopTheDrugWar.org with at least four new corruption stories in it. Mm-hmm. We just haven't read them in in uh, months. Just, Those are just, just the ones that we you know that they catch. Right. That's not an indictment of police officers. Rather, it's an indictment of policy that puts police officers in situations where tempt- uh, temptation and corruption come begging. You
1: can imagine how difficult it is
0: not to grab a big. Stack of cash and stuff it in your pocket, especially when you got a kid to put through college. But it's a, still a difficult argument for someone without law enforcement experience to make. Coming from a retired cop, in fact, from dozens of them affiliated with Leap, it becomes impossible for drug war proponents to ignore. And, and in fact, uh, that's why Leap is so awesome: is that uh, they're making it. They're making it so the drug legalization movement has legitimacy finally. Leap's message is powerful. I don't know why that is, that we need law enforcement officers to make it legitimate, but
4: Some people just won't listen.
0: They won't listen to anyone else. I've now heard or seen four of its speakers' presentations. This is Radley talking. They use tales from the front lines to illustrate their broader points on public policy. Their delivery is authentic and gently persuasive, not didactic. They come from all political stripes, from hippie-ish liberals to live-and-let-live libertarians to law-and-order conservatives. The latter having to come to the realization that the drug war consists of bad laws that cause very much disorder. For several years now, law enforcement against Prohibition has been looking for a debate with the country's top policymakers. Anyone from DEA Administrator Karen Tandy to drug czar John Walters to powerful Prohibition politicians like Indiana Representative Mark Souter. And guess guess what? They've had little luck so far. Imagine that. The what drug surprise. warriors don't want to talk to uh, law enforcement against prohibition.
1: No, we've got the laws in place. You'll follow them or you'll go to jail. What and do we you, don't want to talk to anybody about it.
0: What do they have to hide? Maybe it's the fact that they're lying scumbags. Maybe the DEA and the ONDCP... They know this, you know, they've known the whole time that they've been lying to people. And they love the corruption. They love the cash. They love selling the drugs themselves. Maybe that's why it is they don't want to have these debates. Anyway, it's too bad, says Balco, if the drug war is still as important and necessary as our leaders in government say it is. And by the way, I don't think government are made up of leaders. Its champions should be able to defend it, especially against the law enforcement officers that they've asked to fight it. It's busy in here with you. And Mark, by the way, law enforcement against prohibition. Their CC. website is leap.cc. That's leap.cc. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.